Interior Motives is a podcast that amplifies the unique voices and interior lives of Black and brown people from various industries, backgrounds, and walks of life. Visionaries who have overcome adversities and are doing extraordinary things in the world and in their communities, yet like you and me, reflect the complexities of the human condition. Hello, beautiful people. This is Shaylin Foster, and welcome to another episode of Interior Motives. Today's conversation is with Cheryl Render as she shares her personal story of grief and loss. So take a moment, relax, grab a cup of coffee or some tea, and let's talk. Cheryl Render was born and raised in Annapolis, Maryland. Cheryl received her BA degree in sociology from Clark Atlanta University and her Master of Education from University of West Georgia. She is currently a middle school counselor in the Atlanta area. She is the proud wife of Nelson Render and the mother to her talented daughter, Haley Render, a recent high school graduate, and her stepson, Bryce, a sophomore at Tennessee State University. She is a proud and active member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated and of New Mercy's Christian Church. Cheryl believes strongly in serving her community. She relies heavily on her faith in God and credits him for sustaining her through her very difficult journey of grief and loss. So without further ado, please welcome Cheryl Chu Render. How are you, Cheryl? It's so good to have you today on Interior Motors Podcast. It's it's always a great thing when my sore can drop through and just be in the moment. So how are you doing? I'm actually doing pretty good. I cannot complain. Um, I'm on the right side of the, the earth. I got up and, you know, always do start my morning with prayer and yoga. I've missed about a week of yoga and my body was has been fussing at me about it. So I made sure I got that in and, you know, made sure my mom had her breakfast. And so I'm, I'm great. I'm ready to start the day. Awesome. Awesome. I was just telling uh, our other sore on the podcast that's coming up about missing yoga. And uh, for some reason, I I'm so accustomed to having the classes pre-pandemic. And so I just, my body can just feel the difference. And so I'm I'm anxious to get back into classes again. And you know, I hate that I um I haven't done this before. Pretty much have been doing yoga consistently since the pandemic. And oh, wow. Then you know, as as we get younger, as I say, <laughs> our, our our knees talk to us a little more. And hips. I don't I don't know talk anything about that. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> hey, look, I'm working my way out of style, so you can yes. point me in that. Yes. <laughs> oh, too funny. So, where do we begin? I mean, we go back quite a ways. Oh. <laughs> we go back to CAU when it was Clark College. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, we've been friends for quite some time. Since the 80s. I hate to even say I that. I know. Don't say it. Don't say it. But you know, the 80s was a was a great time. Even hey, we have to embrace the 80s with the, the big hair and the, um, the oh, gosh, the, the workout outfits and yes. all of that, you know? <laughs> I mean, it was a great time, you know, it was a wonderful time in history. The music was popping, hip hop was in full force. There was just also during um, apartheid. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember remember participating in, you know, a few of the the demonstrations. Mm -hmm. I remember. um, I think I, I think I may have met you. In that space, I think through student government, I think it it could have been. Yeah. When I was in Kevin, huh? Yeah. Kevin Houston was our president. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Students Against Apartheid. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yep. I think that's how we originally met. 
and then we remet again. <laughs> Through our boyfriends. Oh my goodness. Our boyfriends at the time. Oh my Lord. Well, that's a that's a whole nother podcast episode. So <laughs> <laughs> we won't go into that. We'll we'll keep the listeners uh wanting more on that one. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. We were roomies. On Martin Luther King. Yes, yes. That weird house with uh I don't know how many different rooms it had. So they rented out to college students. So we had one, what, one from Morehouse, one from, I don't know if you were in, we had one from Spelman, mm-hmm. two, three from Clark. It was, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. it was. There, those were good of, times, fun yeah, times. Yes. Good times. Lots of stories to tell. Oh, that's yeah. another podcast. That's another podcast episode and perhaps a book. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, just a lot, a um, lot of history, a um, lot of just kind of going through uh, marriage and kids and um, lots of shifts and changes um, yes. over the years. Sometimes where we were kind of disconnected, then we reconnected and it's just amazing how life takes us on twists and turns and things happen. But um, always, yes. But at the end of the day, you know, I knew I we could always pick back up where we left off. And and that's what we did. And and that's what um a true friend is. Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been a blessing. It really has. I think I was even looking at a picture of when oh, it was wedding day <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> so long ago how many I know. Years has it yeah. Been yeah that was almost 32 years ago yeah. that's the equivalent of 100 years in I, know. <laughs> I know I know crazy. crazy that's a long time and it'll be 20 years for me I know I was yeah I was thinking about that as well wow. yeah crazy crazy and now your daughter I cannot believe it is about to go off to college. I'm having the hardest time with that. And, you know, because I hear friends talk, about, oh, only one more to go and I can't wait. And I guess because she's our only mm-hmm. um, a stepson. And I just heard, um, it's one of my sores who mentioned that she called it a wedding gift. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I like that. I like that. So he's in college. What What year is he? This is his, this is his freshman year. Okay, okay. So he opted to go to the campus. He's at Tennessee State in Nashville. And so, of course, you know, you're a freshman. You don't want to do virtual learning your first year. Plus he's in the marching band. So that's where he is. And so Haley will be in attending uh, school in Maryland. And she will also graduate with not only with her high school diploma, but with her associate's degree. Oh, wow. That's awesome. We're really, we're really proud of her. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I'm sure proud of both of them. They're doing great things. Uh, They're off to a great start. So that's awesome. Yes. Yeah. So when I thought about doing a episode on grief and loss, Certainly you you came to mind, you know, with it being Mental Health um, Awareness Month. I think grief and loss is something that all people at some point in time are, are going to experience uh, in varying um, degrees, whether it's a job shift or change or child going off to college or loss of a, a parent or a loved one or a sibling or close friend. I mean, it, it, it loss looks so many different ways. And so I know that you have personally experienced different forms of loss. And so I, I really thought you would be a good person or good. I, I thought that you would be someone that could really share and uh, share your story and your truth and your, in a way that would resonate for folks, because I think this is something that we all can relate to. So talk to me about your, your grief and loss experience, Cheryl. I, I know that your sister Donna was a significant loss going through that experience was significant for you. 
And so just talk to me about that. Okay. Well, with, with my sister and, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to believe it's still, she passed July 1st in 2009. And it's still hard to believe that she's gone. For instance, you know, my family, we love the, the Avengers, the superhero movies. So I know after seeing one of them, maybe it was the end game or something I'm like, Oh my gosh, let me go call Donna. And I'm like, Oh, can't do that. You know, mm-hmm. um, there are still times when I find myself getting ready to reach out to her, you know, just because you know, especially now we're getting older. I'm like, I could really use her, you know? Right. So it's, it's really, it's, it, before she passed, you know, and when you hear of others who, you know, would lose a loved one, you just kind of take yourself out of the equation mm-hmm. because there's no way I could lose my sister, my brother, my parents. That will not happen to me. But um, I just could not conceptualize being on this earth without my sister. Right. So it was really hard when it happened. Um, and she, you know, She endured a long battle with cancer, but she would always bounce back. So um, they'd find maybe a spot and, you know, she would go into remission. So she would kind of, you know, treat herself like she would use, I think she said black walnut oil. Like, you know, I found another lumps or something, a lump. Like black, was it the black seed oil? I think she said black walnut oil. Oh, okay. Yes. And she would rub it on there and then it would it would be gone, you know, soon after that. So okay. so, so so take me back because um your your sister was diagnosed at what year with metastatic breast cancer? Okay, so it, you know, my sister is, you know, she's a rock. So mm-hmm. she did not share her journey with us until afterwards. Really? So I don't know exactly when she was diagnosed um, with cancer because, you know, this it's how we were brought up. We're, you know, we handle things on our own and we take care of it point blank period. So um, I want to say, I know when I found out about it, I believe it was 2004. So by that time, she had already, you know, gone to see specialists and, you know, all this time, um, she didn't, she never complained. Um, she never, I, I remember once, maybe twice, she called me crying and then she would shake it off and say, okay, what's next? And she was even, even, um, she has a background in political science, I believe. Um, yes, that's what she got her. Um, bachelor's in, and then her master's from George Washington University, I believe in political management or something along those lines. And so she was preparing to take on these pharmaceutical companies. Now, this is why she was like late, you know, in the game, excuse me, with cancer. So even at that stage, she was ready to take on the pharmaceutical companies because she's she felt that they were not really trying to find anything to cure cancer or, you know, but basically to sustain it because it, it's a, think about it, it's a billion dollar industry. Right. You know, so that's, that's the spirit she had, you know, she would be in her, in her hospital bed planning to go snowboarding, mm. you know, or, you know, after she got chemo radiation, she would go to work. And she would thumb her nose at SSI because she's like, no, I can't, I can't go on my trips with SSI. So that's how she was. And so that's, even though she and her husband did not have any children, that's a part of her legacy is the strength. Wow. You know, she didn't, she didn't complain. You know, she was, she was the one orchestrating hardwood floors and making sure they're doing everything from her hospital bed. <laughs> you know. So feisty, feisty, determined. Mary, she was a risk taker and she was still going out making sure she because she was um both of both of us, you know, um volunteers, community service. 
even when we were kids and both of my parents instilled that in us. Yeah. So she was still through her illness. She was still making sure she was going to make sure that, you know, adults knew how to read and then adopting families. She and her husband would adopt families for Christmas. And so, you know, she left behind a rich and strong legacy. Mm-hmm. And I know even though we were, you know, my sister and I were, we were going to be like the Delaney sisters, live until we were at least 150 right. <laughs> doing <laughs> shopping, traveling the world, and, you know, making sure everything is as it should be. Right. You know, that was our plan, but that was not God's plan. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Donna, she was a proud member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. She sure was. She sure was. And I am the one who told her about it. (laughs) (laughs) She beat me to it. It, It's so funny. You know, in high school, I, you know, um, who's who, honors classes, both of us, you know. and just involved in this, involved in that. I was a state finalist in the Miss National Teenager Pageant. Not to toot my own horn. You know, I am the opposite. And she beat me to it. So when I got to college, I just did not have, I lacked the discipline because things came to me fairly easy. And so I was not accustomed to studying and planning and organizing. So Unfortunately, I missed, um, you know, an opportunity in undergraduate school. And I hate that she did not experience when I was initiated into our illustrious sorority. Yes. But um, I still, you know, I have a lot of her paraphernalia, some of the Mm -hmm. items I purchased for her. So that is that is very uh, special and dear to me. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Wow. So, I mean, so during this time, because her battle went on for how long? Well, again, I didn't. I don't know the exact time she was diagnosed because she did not share that with me. But I found out in two thousand four, okay. and so I'm thinking maybe she could have found out maybe in two thousand. Three, I know that's when my daughter Haley was born. And so maybe around that time. And then, you know, she she gained her wings on July 1st, 2009. Okay. And um, it's so funny how God worked. He knew all of this. So we were making memories this whole time. And mm-hmm. I know in two, oh my goodness, I want to say 2007. We all went to St. Thomas and she would still, you know, she was still going. She went, we went snorkeling and she did all this and she had a, uh, a rod in her back because at that time the cancer had spread to her bones, mm. but that didn't stop her. So we went through, we went, I know we went to Treasure Island and we went, went through caves and she was doing all of that, all of that. And, you know, I could tell there are times when she needed to rest, but she wasn't going to let cancer stop her. So I, you know, I really enjoyed that time. Uh, Myself, my husband, our daughter, her husband and my niece, who's like a daughter, we all went there and we had an awesome time. Yeah. Yeah. What a great memory. Yes. What a great memory. So during these times, you know, was the family ever coming together and having conversations to the side? Because, you know, in a lot of our families, just culturally in African-American families, dealing with the inner workings of grief and depression and, and things related to mental health, we don't tend to put it in the fore, at least definitely not at that time. I think we're doing a better job in these more recent years addressing these concerns. But as a family, was it ever a discussion like, you know, Donna's really struggling here. Um, This is what I see. You know, what can we 
what should we do? What can we do? How do you think she's feeling? Was there ever conversations like that? You know, Shaylin, there was there was never a conversation. Um, now, I know a couple times, you know, my mom, oh, my goodness, she needed more help than anybody else because, you know, she was seeing her her um, baby daughter uh, suffer. Mm-hmm. And so they both at the time lived in Detroit and I was here in Georgia. My dad's in Maryland. So while there was not a discussion, because, again, my sister handled we were you know just brought up to handle everything and so she her cancer kept going into remission so it didn't hold her down for much until the end okay and then so but you know my dad would go and he would you know make sure when she wasn't doing so well he would go there and made you know he made sure that he would take care of her Mm -hmm. And that's that's just what he did um, because my um, my oldest brother now he's my half brother he passed in ninety four mm. so it was my my father who was there for him at the end wow. Wow. and then he my my father also took care of his father um, who really wasn't in his life but he made sure you know that he took care of him in his last days. Mm. So that's, that's just what my dad did. And so, you know, she didn't have to suffer in that regard. She had help. She had assistance, you know, her husband helped. And of course my mom was there. So there really didn't have to be, well, I'm not going to say there didn't have to, you know, there didn't have to be discussion, but there was always support. Gotcha. And she had friends to help as well. Right. Right. So in terms of her end, uh, towards the end, was it just that she was, you know, physically weak and, you know, not really able to, you know, move around in the same way? What did the end really look like? So with the end, um, you could kind of tell towards the end. So, and it was so, again, you know, it's just awesome how God works. My sister and I, for Mother's Day, and that was 2009, um, the same year that she passed, we wanted to surprise my mom for Mother's Day. So my uh, myself and my daughter, we went to Detroit for Mother's Day. And then, you know, I could really tell, I'm like, wow, she is really, you know, she lost a lot of weight and you could just tell that she was moving a little slower so I kind of knew in May that, you know, the time was getting near and she knew too, because she, that this was in May. So she passed on July 1st. How about she planned to go to the Dominican Republic in June? Mm. So she and her husband went to the Dominican Republic and right, I think the day before her flight was supposed to leave, I I was speaking to her. She was at work trying to tie up things at work and she wasn't feeling well. And so they went to the Dominican Republic and um, her husband took a picture of her and sent it to us. And I'm like, boy, she just, she doesn't look good. And so when they came back from the Dominican Republic, they went straight to the emergency room. Mm -hmm. And from there, you know, they did some tests and all and just said that there was nothing else they could do. And then so she left the hospital on the Friday. And this was during the time that Michael Jackson had passed, Patrick Swayze had passed. There were a few others that I can't call right at the moment. I believe Farrah Fawcett. And so she left the hospital on that Friday. And on that Wednesday is when she gained her wings. Mm -hmm. So I think. She knew, but still, you know, my sister's like, I'm going out with the bang. I'm going to the Dominican Republic. Yes. Wow. Yes. That's incredible. Yes. So, you know, with my sister, that's really a celebration of life. Mm -hmm. You know, do, do I miss her every day? You know, but um, again, you know, it was God's plan that, that we can't keep them forever. Mm -hmm. So I I asked you 
what what did your your grief process look like you know i know that it it never you know her presence never leaves you but uh, what was the grief process like for you you know it that's 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 kind of hard to answer because i always i again i could not conceptualize being on this planet without her so mm-hmm. it was hard to believe that she was gone and then i had to honor her legacy uh, of strength and endurance and resilience so i had to keep that in mind um i'm not a woe is me type of person and so with the the grief process, you know, again, you know, we're strong black women, you know, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, we handle yeah. things and, and we keep going, but at a detriment. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. That, yeah. So there are times, so it's, it's you know, it's kind of hard. Sometimes I feel like I haven't, I'm still, and, and I don't like to use the word mourn because it's a negative connotation, um, but I, it is what it is. So I, I, I'm still, you know, mourning her loss, but mm-hmm. I believe when people leave us, it should make our lives better. So, you know, I always think, how can I honor her, her memory and her life? Because, you know, she didn't have any children. Mm-hmm. So it's with that strength and with that resilience and with her sense of wanting to give back to others that I have to honor her memory. So, you know, there are some, some things that I wanted to plan, but it is just so hard to get to them because that means I'm acknowledging that I really don't have her anymore, you know? And then, um, so it, it was really, it was really difficult, but again, you know, I thank God that my sister, the way she lived, there's no way that she would want to linger in the state that she was in towards the end. Right. So I thank God for his grace and mercy for right. that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, he definitely was. My relationship with God is what really got me through it. And still, you know, I'm still dealing with it. It's my sister. Yeah. And we were only 14 months apart, but. My like twins, um, almost like twins, almost. Yes, my my mom used to dress us alike. Sometimes, you know, <laughs> she would yeah. dress us alike. But um, so had it not been for my relationship with God, there's no way in the world that I that I would have gotten through it, you know, mm-hmm. as a sane person. Right. So you know, and you know, so yeah. I just remember that he's there when I need to lean on him. Even now it's, you know, 2009. So mm-hmm. it, it'll be, what's that? 11 years, mm-hmm. July 1st. If my yeah. math is correct. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, a, it's a, it's a, it's a process. It's a journey um, that probably never ends depending on the, you know, the, the closeness of the relationship and the bond Yes. But I do want to know, I mean, because I because I often tell people, you know, as well as uh, folks that I work with um, in my practice and clients that it's it's something so simple. If you don't feel you don't heal. And, and so I think yeah. as a culture, it is so important that we give each other the, the permission and the space to express whatever emotion you're feeling as it relates to a loss, um, whether it's you know, sadness and you want to cry, you know, whether it's you want to be angry because this is not. They left us. Yeah, this is not how you expected it So to happen. So, you know, did you allow for that? Did you allow yourself to really kind of dive into the emotionality of it all? In part, but not all the time. Um, For instance, sometimes... For instance, for instance, um, Richard Smallwood's Angels Watching Over Me. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh, I love that song. Oh, it's a great song. Yes. We, but love, my, Rich, we um, love Richard Smallwood in this house. Yes, yes, yes. I, I love uh, My brother-in-law's niece sang that song at her funeral. And mm-hmm. so I could not listen to that song afterwards. And my first time being able 
to listen to it in its entirety was maybe about two or three weeks ago. And I was in the car and I, and I told my husband, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is my first time being able to listen to this song. And I even had it. I made like a playlist on a, a CD <laughs> back then. And I just, I would skip that song. Mm-hmm. So, but another thing, and this is for another podcast, you know, we have so many residuals from slavery and, you know, sometimes, you know, we have been taught since then, deal with it, deal with it, deal with it. And so, you know, by my parents having been, even though, you know, my dad was still in our lives after my parents separated, right? you know, I'm seeing my mother um, doing, just doing stuff, doing stuff, not stopping because things had to be done. We had to eat. We had to keep a roof over our house, right. I mean, o- over our heads. Yeah. So my sister and I kind of grew up in that same way. So, you know, it's yeah. like I, I would have a moment if I'm thinking about my sister or my brother or, or you know, or my dad, I'd have a moment and then, OK, got to go. Got to go to work. Got to dry my eyes. Got to go. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to sulk because that's that's not the memories that I have of them. Yeah, I mean, I think that ultimately it's you've got to do what's best for you. I think the, you know, from my perspective as as a therapist, you know, you want folks to reach an optimal level of healing and restoration. And so whatever that is going to look like for you, you know, is what you should do. Yes, and and I believe in doing. um, So, you know. I am a middle a middle school counselor, yes, and <laughs> so I I oftentimes talk to my young students about grief and about loss, and the way I approach it is, you know, how can you honor your grandmother's memory? How can you honor your your dad's memory? And so we, you know, talk about ideas in in all. Yeah, they do leave the office smiling versus crying. So, you know, but if if you if you do, then it it just keeps you busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I mean, I I definitely agree with that, Um, you know, honoring the legacy or honoring the loved one. Yeah, I think that's a wonderful way to conceptualize it, especially for for kids. Yes, yes. Children and and, and teens. So talk to me just about, you know, you you mentioned your faith in God. And did you ever, you know, access counseling or therapy for yourself during that time? Or doing I did not. not, And I'm pretty sure I could have used it. I'm surely pretty sure I can use it now. Mm-hmm. And I know it was offered to me um, from, I forget what his position is, but he, he helped, he assists members at our church when they've lost a loved one. So recently, you know, with my, the loss of my father, you know, he sent me a zoom link and it just so happens that when they meet, usually I have another meeting, but I, I know I could use it. You know, yeah, not just for my dad, but, you know, my my sister and and my brother, you know, who passed at 94. It's it's a lot. And, you know, I don't like talk. Well, it just happened. It was recently even, you know, our our fur babies, because I spoke to you, Taylor, about our cat, who was our baby. And he's been with us since my daughter was five. And seventeen now, and yeah, that's a long time. Uh, yes, and so <laughs> that's a lifetime. It you know? is. It is, and so we had to put him down on Thursday, just this past Thursday, mm-hmm. because he was really suffering, and it would have been inhumane. He wouldn't have made it through the night. And I know my, you know, where he was a bright light in our lives. That's still loss. It's still a loss. It's still loss. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you've experienced a lot of it over the years. Your your brother and um, I'm I'm assuming that was the first significant loss that you had 
experience? Well, unfortunately, no, uh, because family members, you know, my mom comes from a large family mm-hmm. and um, there were 10 of them. So there are only three of them now. And, you know, prior to my the loss of my brother in May of uh, 1994, I had lost, um, you know, my grandmother, his grandmother, okay. my paternal grandmother, I'd lost her. And I'd lost, I believe it at, at that time, yeah, maybe um, an aunt. Yes, a couple of aunts. So quite a, quite a bit, quite a bit. And uh, recently in my sorority, in my chapter, we lost one of our beloved uh, sorority sisters. And just, it's it's been a lot. It's been a lot. And then with COVID, with COVID, my sisters, oh my goodness, my sisters, best friend, they uh, met in college in the 80s, you know, and they were just remained great friends. They even traveled to my hometown of Annapolis, Maryland, met my dad, knew my dad quite well, my, both my parents. And so, you know, lost her. Wow. Last year to COVID. And then I know at my husband's school, so many people tested positive for it. And people, so you're just hearing of all these people. Yeah. We're just, you know, we're in this state of collective grief and yes. loss. It's, well it's, it's, it's been a lot. Yes. It's, it's, been, it's a lot. been a lot. And we just kind of take on so much and we, and we forget about self-care. <laughs> and it's so funny. I did a workshop um, at a school recently, and my part was self care. I'm like, well, who am I to talk to these people about self care? <laughs> Practice. I'm just running around, you know. <laughs> so, but but you do. So that's yeah. why you know I like yoga. It is a form of self care for me. Absolutely. You know, and I'm, it, it helps me to prepare for my day and I can get going because I also serve on the crisis team for my school system. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, but sometimes I've had a couple of times I had to say, no, I just couldn't do it. And and they, they respect that. Yeah. And that's another form of self-care. Yes. Yes. Setting some boundaries, some limits. Exactly. So what do you think that Cheryl experiencing a multitude of losses, you know, from family members to grandmother, paternal grandmother, to your brother, to your sister, to your dad, all leaving a beautiful and a unique legacy on their own. But what do you feel that all those losses have taught you about yourself and about other people, as well as what, I guess, what legacy in particular for each of your loved ones do you feel that um, they have imparted to you? Oh, my goodness. Um, So when you say all of that, I'm like, wow, (laughs) that's a lot. But, um, and I was just thinking recently how proud proud I am of myself. Because enduring so much, you know, excuse me, sometimes it seems like it's one and, but I keep going and I'm going to take it back to my relationship with God. And I feel so blessed that I am so blessed because of the legacies that each person left behind. So with my my oldest brother, who passed in 94, he left behind also a legacy. He didn't have any children. He was never married, but he left behind a legacy of giving back, of resilience, of just the love of um, culture and art. He loved Alvin Ailey. He had friends all over the world. He, He lived in Germany while he was employed by IBM. So you know, he had friends in Australia, friends in Spain, he's been to Russia. And, you know, he, he was just a pleasure to have around. He's the first one to taught me how to eat spaghetti with a spoon. I'm like, oh, that's how you do that. <laughs> that's why they have spoons when they give you spaghetti. 
So, um, <laughs> and that's where, where, where is the spaghetti on the spoon? Where is that originally? You know, you know how you twirl the, the pasta. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. So you don't yeah. have to, you don't, you're not slurping it up. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is how I eat it at home. <laughs> so, yes. And just, you know, a wonderful person when my friends would meet him, it's like, okay, when can I go back over there? Mm-hmm. So this is wonderful, you know cultural attache. So, and then, um, you know, talked about the, the uh, my sister's legacy. And then my father, oh my goodness. He, I just thought he would just never die. You know, and when you think about a daddy's girl, that's me. That's you. Yeah. I could, I could tell is, that from some of the pictures. And, oh my uh, goodness. Yes. And, um, and he was yes. so debonair. <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> he was. And then, you know, people's like, what? He was that old? Look at how he dresses. And, you know, he had the nerve to have on. Um, there was a, a, it's, you know, his side of the family, a gathering right before Thanksgiving. I want to say three, maybe four years ago now. And he had the nerve to have on some skinny jeans. I'm like, daddy, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> you know, but he he was kind of losing weight at that time, but there right. was a little slack, but I'm like, Patty, really? So um <laughs> he was playing in his skinny jeans. Yeah. <laughs> in his age. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he took pride, he always took pride in his appearance. And he loved to go to these uh I call them wood shows, but he mm-hmm. loved all this woodwork and all. And so in cleaning, you know, going through his house and trying to clear things out, we, I found a book probably from the fifties and it was a woodworking book. And then Mm -hmm. I saw some of the, like his boy scout badge badges. And one of them was woodworking. So, um, he's always had a love for that. And another thing, he was so humble I found out at his homegoing service that he was the first black um, supervisor at the post office in Annapolis. Wow! I'm like, I didn't which know is, that. It's huge. It's it's yeah, huge yeah. for the time. Yeah. You know, and then one of the one of um, our neighbors that lived down the street from us, he actually went to school with my brother. He, you know, you know, when it's time to say a few words about the the, the um, departed, so. He said that, you know, Mr. was an icon in the community. And that that just summed it up right there. So, you know, again, he believed in hard work. And my father would always tell me, you got to slow down. You got to take time. That's that's how he raised us. That's how my mom raised us. So um, he, he left behind a, a rich, a great legacy. And so the thing, again, back to my faith in God, I just thank God, I praise God that, you know, I was able to be at peace, even though, you know, I miss, I miss my daddy every day. I'm still, my birthday was February 28th. I'm still waiting for him to call, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so pray for me. But, um, you know, I thank God that I'm at peace. Right. So I, I miss him every day and, but, you know, I ha- I have that peace. Yeah. That's, have, that's the most important thing. Is the yes. And, and, you know, he was 86. And mm-hmm. so I thank God for that. And my dad, there's no way that he would want to, you know, be dependent on anyone or having to, you know, live with me or me having to go there every two weeks and all that. So, you know, God knows what's best. Yeah. 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 Wow. And so what, what did you, what did you think or what do you feel that you learned about yourself through all, through just persevering through the losses? That I am more resilient than I give myself credit for Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because even though you go through grief life still happens 
It does. Um, it definitely and, does. And I don't want to say that in a harsh way, but um, it does. I, I still have to work. Um, I still have a husband. I have a daughter who is going off to college soon. Um, I have a mother, an aging mother, you know, who's dealing with memory issues. So that mm-hmm. requires more, you know, on my part. And, um, you know, she was just hospitalized. And so, you know, and I have um, uh, my niece is staying with me temporarily. She's trying to find her way. Wonderful, mm-hmm. talented, intelligent, but I'm still needed. Right. So, you know, I'm, I'm active with my sorority. Um, was active with my church, but because of COVID, you know, we're meeting virtually. So there's not much demands there. Right. But, um, you know, life still goes on and yeah. everything goes back to my relationship with God. So yeah. yeah, you have to now, you know, my Bible is not open every single day. I will say that. You have to you have to tune in. You have to know what his word says. And then so that builds your faith. So, you know, I I think I think again, I thank God for that, because I I would have lost my mind quite a while ago, even before my father passed. So I know when. You know, when my my father passed away on October 6th. Oh, I was, I was a hot mess, Shayla. I was so, I'm like, I was, I think about it. I was so pitiful. Yeah. And the, oh my Lord. You know, just, just in those first moments. Yeah. Um, I was like a six-year-old. So yeah. I know I, I mustered up the strength to call the chaplain in our, um, my chapter. And my Lord, she has such a gift. Her name is Yvonne Townsend. Mm-hmm. And when I say she has a gift, she has a gift. And keep in mind that she just lost her father about a year before my dad passed in October. So she lost her father in October 19th. Oh my Lord. I was, when I called her, you know, she was working and I was just screaming and she probably didn't know what was going on and crying and Blubbering. So, you know, I told her, you know, I'm like, my daddy just died again, like, like a six year old. So when I calmed down, she calmed me down. And after she prayed with me, I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm ready to take care of my daddy. What do I have to do? So just, yeah. a, just a power of prayer, just the power of prayer. Then I know my brother Called. The power of prayer and the, the power of a sister who could oh, Lord, because you in the spirit, you know? Yes. Thank you for yeah. that part. Because had it not been for my sorority sisters, mm-hmm. I don't know what I would have done. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and they just rallied around. And when I saw like the, it seemed like a thousand text messages, emails, everything, just, just knowing that they were there. Um mm-hmm. And even, you know, our, our pastor called and prayed with me and choir members, you know, it's just, and if, if you're not plugged into different things, and I don't know if I'm speaking, like if you're not involved, you're not going to have that support Yeah, involved in whatever it is, you know? Yeah. So, um, so I thank God too for that, that I had, you know, and that is why it's so important to be plugged in and connected, Shaylin, so you can have, you know, that support when you need it. Because if you're living in isolation, you're not going to have that, that the bonding or the support when you need it. Right. Not just for the death of a loved one, but again, you know, life's events. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Life still happens, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Yeah. And so, so often, you know, I think that particularly for Black women or women of color, there, there's kind of this, this bad rap or this notion that, you know, there's lots of drama and lots of disconnect and conflict. You know, of course, we see that played out on reality TV. However, you and I know that the, there's just a profound power 
in sisterhood and, you know, being, whether it's through your sorority, our sorority, or whether it's your other connections where it's friendships or your biological sisters or just women that can come together collectively and to really, as you said, rally by your side around you, you know, whether they're there with you or not, and to, um, you know, put faith and prayer um, in the forefront when they can't do anything else. I mean, that's, that's powerful. Yes, it is. It is very powerful. And it's, it's just nothing like it. It's nothing like it. Uh, it's, it's just, for instance, there, one of my uh, chapter sores uh, had surgery recently and she was just inundated, just phone calls, gifts. You know, sometimes when there's um, one of your sores, maybe it's battling cancer or some other kind of illness. And, you know, we're going to rally around each other. We're going to create spreadsheets. And who's going to do this on what day? What committee is going to do this? And, you know, and not just right, for her, right. but for the family. Yeah. yeah. So it's, and it's none other like our sisterhood. I'll tell you that. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. So what would you tell women as it relates to early detection? You know, I know that just going through that with your sister, it must have put you in the space of, I need to um, really take care of myself. I need to holistically make sure I am, you know, going to checkups regularly and really um, putting my health in the forefront. So, so talk to me more, more about that. Well, uh, thank God, you know, uh, another one that my dad left behind was he always taught us to be healthy and eat right. Like, so when other kids would get Easter baskets with the, the chocolate and the candy and the peeps, we would get Easter baskets of nuts and granola and raisins and all that. So, you know, we ate the shredded wheat without the icing. So my father just- <laughs> not, not without the icing. Without the icing. Big old, you know, like one shredded wheat, like, you know, four inches long, that time. <laughs> so that's what, you know, that's what my father instilled in us. To, you know, be healthy, take care of your bodies. He was very active. He played tennis. He lifted weights, running, all of that until, you know, later on when he was unable to do all of that. So that's one thing we did. Pretty much we took care of ourselves. So, but after that, so she just, you know, the awareness was heightened because of what she went through. So. Um, you know, thank God for, you know, what my dad taught us, but it is very important. And I know that, you know, one of our initiatives in our sorority is, you know, women's health. Right. So, you know, we're very, very active with that, making sure, you know, our, um, oh gosh, the, the, the mobile, uh, oh my gosh, where, where you can get your, your mammograms and this is, yeah. you know, nationwide. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we're, we're just making sure and even working with, um, you know, legislation where it's, you know, relative to women's health. So, you know, we're doing all of that in our sorority. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's so important, I guess, because, you know, we're, we're busy. We're always busy and, we neglect ourselves at times, you know, at times, including our health. So yeah. it's, it's so important to make sure you get your, your mammogram and yeah. just make sure that you go to the doctor, even though, you know, you have to take time out, make sure, you know, have someone to watch your kids, but you have to take care of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think so many of our, you know, our, family members, whether it be parents or grandparents, sometimes there was this sense of denial, you know, when, or, or just not, not necessarily listening to what your body is telling you. I think that culturally we're, we're really kind of good for doing that um, as opposed to truly tuning in, being mindful, listening to different signs or symptoms and being proactive about, you know, going into the doctor and not letting 
know, sometimes it's about resources as well, or not adequate, you know, healthcare insurance, particularly for marginalized women and families and communities. But uh, it, it's it's vital. It's vital, and I think that the more we can spread that awareness, and I, as I know that you are, the better we will be. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're so used to taking care of everybody else. Everybody else. And we neglect ourselves. We are busy. We are busy. You know, sometimes, you know, we may have to pull over on the side of the road to make sure we don't miss a committee meeting, you know? Um, (laughs) So, yes. Yeah, I agree. We are busy. Yeah, yeah. Well, this has been wonderful. It's so nice to just have you stop through. I know you are busy, although I I know I, and I hope that you're going to take some time over this weekend to pause and, and slow down and take care of yourself. But I we're at the rapid fire part of the discussion. And so the first question, Cheryl, is what is your favorite book. You know, I am that girl that is constantly reading, probably reading about five at a time. So what's your favorite book or a book that was really transformative for you? Oh my goodness. Can I say I'm so ashamed. (laughs) I am not an avid reader like you are. I used to be, but um, when I think of favorite book I can name, I must say Cane River. I don't know if you're familiar with that book, no, I'm not. Tell me about it. You have to read that book. Um, it is from one of um, Oprah's book club. Okay. okay. So Cane River. And I love that book because it follows um, a family from slavery until the present. So the author mm. did some um, family research. And I've done, um, I guess, as much as I, I could on my mom's side. So I was able to it's a slave manifest for my great great grandfather and so i was able to see he was talking to your mic honey it's my my um speaker is not that great is this better yeah yeah. okay so i was able to locate my great great grandfather on a slave manifest and so that that is why i just love this book it's it's wonderful so came Cane River. Cane River. Yes. Okay. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So favorite, if I would say, if you could um, only eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would that be? One meal? Oh my. Yes. One meal. (laughs) You mean like breakfast, lunch, or dinner or? No, as in specifically your favorite things to eat. Yes. Oh, Lord. I would have to say potatoes because you could fix them in such a variety of ways. So I hope that answered your question. (laughs) So potatoes? (laughs) Well, that is not my favorite, but because you can fix them in so many different ways. Well, we're not thinking about that. Think about your favorite restaurant and what meal that you just absolutely love. Oh man, um, I have changed what I what I eat so much. Like hardly any meat. Um, mm-hmm. Oh come on! Oh my goodness, that's a tough one. Um, oh come on! Look, can we come back to that one? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when I think about it, favorite favorite vacation that you and your family have been on. Oh my goodness. I- have to say, I would have to say when we went to the Virgin Islands. Okay, great. It was so peaceful. I love the beach. I grew up around the water. That mm, and I love the water. Yeah. Snorkeling, mm-hmm. everything. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. I wish I was there right now. Yes. <laughs> okay, so if you could break bread with three influential people, past or present, who would they be? Oh my goodness. Definitely. I would love to break bread with Jesus. I would love to break bread with 
my great great grandfather that I just mentioned. His name was Littleton Davis, mm-hmm. um, and he lived to be 105. So I hope I have that gene. Wow. If I could break bread again, you said influential. Past or present. Past or present. And I would love to break bread with, oh my goodness, I I, I would love to break bread with Malcolm X. Okay. that's Because he was different. Mm -hmm. Different, yes. Different, a visionary. Yes. In so many ways. And it's funny because people like to kind of say that, you know, he and Martin Luther King were so drastically different, but they had so much more in common than not. Yes, exactly. And, you know, I feel that Malcolm X was ahead of his time. Yeah, yeah. Definitely ahead of his time. He would be like with the Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, definitely a visionary indeed. And so back to the book, not not the book, but back to the meal, back to the meal. Okay. Because you, know you gotta eat something. If you're gonna sit down with your influential people, you you gotta eat. You gotta eat your favorite meal. You know what? I when I was in Maryland in October, you know, taking care of my dad, say goodbye to him. We went to a place called I want to say it's Michael's Crab House. Mm-hmm. I hope it's Michael's Crab House, but they have the best crab cakes. My father, um, I know on um, Facebook, so many people mentioned, I hate I didn't get to try his crab cakes because I, I would also talk, always talk about his crab yes. cakes. So yes. you do, oh my goodness. <laughs> yes, even, even back then. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that yet. So I, I, would lo- I would love to take them to Michael so we could all have crab cakes. Awesome. Awesome. And so lastly, if you could create a a message on social media for that would go viral for millions to see, what would that message say? Oh boy, that's a big one. But my message to others would be to, and this is nothing new, but to take time to really, really take time and smell the flowers. Take time to take care of yourself so that you can take care of others. Mm, yeah. You know, and in, in, in this this fast-paced society, everything, everybody wants, it's a microwave society. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so sometimes that has us running around we raise our kids differently than we were raised. Right. I hate to say. Yeah. I'm like, there's no way we would have gotten away with this. You know, we say that with our own, our own daughter, she's wonderful and fabulous. And you know, she doesn't feel entitled or anything, but still. Yeah. Yeah. We just have to, you know, we can't do everything at every given moment. We have to pace ourselves and, you know, where we have people in their, 40s and 30s dying from heart attacks and strokes. You never heard of that. There's there's so much stress, but we can take away some of that stress if we just slow down. It'll get done. Yeah. Eventually. Yep. That's yep. you know. <laughs> It'll be there tomorrow. It'll yes, be Yes, exactly. Tomorrow. And you know, you, that's that's what we have to do, you know, and we have we have to take care of ourselves before yeah. we can take care of others. Yeah, I think that's that's huge. That's yes. that's, that's a, a simple yet important I, lesson. And, it, and even though, you know, I said that, but, you know, this was before my father passed away. You know, I'm like, oh, my Lord, I'm waking I'm having stomach spasms. I'm like, OK, I need to slow down. Yeah. And that was during a time when we really needed to slow down, when I really needed to slow down. It was, you know, an election year and our. I am our chapter's connection chairman. So, yeah, <laughs> with a lot going on, a lot at work, a lot, just a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but, you know, I learned, I'm like, okay, look, I can't do this. 
all You're at only once. one person. You're yes. only one person. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I like that. Take time to smell the flowers yes. and to take care of yourself so you can take care of someone else. Exactly. Yeah. Well, this has been a joy. My girl, you know, my girl, my sore. It's, it's, it's been a blessing to have you in my life for such oh, a thank long, you. <laughs> lot long, of years, long time, a lot of years. We have about five podcasts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I thank you. I thank you for imparting your gems about dealing with grief and loss and just really about the legacy of coming from such extraordinary people and, you know, having wonderful, just wonderful people in your lives, your sister, your, your father, your brother, as well as your other family members. Yes. It's just a beautiful thing. And uh, I thank you for sharing your journey and uh, sharing just the importance of having those connections in your life. And, you know, I, I think this has been very therapeutic. <laughs> it's so it's been an honor just to have the invitation and to to think to think that you that I was able to you know be of help to someone else helps me. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's always a beautiful thing to have someone share their faith and how it's uh, helped them on their journey. You know, whether it's uh, the ups and downs and all the in betweens of life. You know, we need faith, we need connection, and, you know, we need to know that we matter. Yes, know? exactly. Yeah. And, you know, when you mentioned um, the connections, we have to have those connections somewhere. We have to, can't live in isolation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you, Shaylin. Talk soon, dear. Bye-bye. It's always a good time catching up with my friend and my sorrow, Cheryl. I really appreciate her sharing her faith and her heartfelt personal grief journey. You know, in the counseling realm, we often refer to the Kubler-Ross five stages of grief, yet we sometimes fail to comprehend just how complex, nuanced, and often complicated grief truly can be. And to all of you who are on their own personal grief journey as well, please give yourself plenty of grace, time, and space. I will also include some grief resources in the show notes. And as always, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Please hit me up at interiormotivespodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's interiormotivespodcast at gmail.com. And if you're interested in being a guest on Interior Motives, I would love to connect with you and read your personal stories of overcoming. Don't forget to practice great self-care and intentional soul care. And until next time, be well and be blessed.